And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. This is the Athletic Football Show. Welcome to the Athletic Football Show. I'm Robert Mays. Really excited about today's show. Last week, if you guys missed it, we did a most valuable quarterback draft. We picked the top 15 quarterbacks in the NFL, contracts included, for the next five years. So please, if you guys missed it, I know we've had some issues with Apple recently, so that is available. Go back and listen to it if you have not quite yet. Today, we are doing non-quarterbacks. We are calling this the most valuable player draft non-quarterback edition. We're doing 24 guys today because 25 is not divisible by three. The reason it needs to be divisible by three is joining me for this are my friends, Nate Tyson, Lindsay Jones. Lindsay, how you doing? Are you as nervous as I am about this? I am so nervous. This is going to be a complete disaster, but it's going to be really fun. But um, I am very nervous. I've been texting you guys like nervous gifts for the last like two hours. So Nate, what I wanted to discuss a little bit is just the methodology behind this. Because I read something earlier this year that Bill Belichick said. I want to say Tom Curran wrote it. And he talked about building a draft board. And he said that building the draft board vertically is easy. I can tell you which tackle I like better than the next tackle or which offensive, ta- which edge rusher I like better than the next. Building it horizontally is difficult. How do you compare which edge rusher you like more than which cornerback? And when you throw contracts into the equation, it gets even naughtier. So that's what I had trouble with, Nate. I don't know where you stumbled in this process, but I assume it was difficult. No, that's exact same kind of hiccups I had. And that just, it's funny, you were saying with Belichick. And when I was working with the Falcons, you know, Scott Pioli and Thomas Dimitrov were there. And we used a very similar grading system that's right. to what, what the Patriots have. Yeah. So what, what theirs and what I always thought was brilliant with what, what they did was that they tried their best to make it so. All right, 6.3 with this position is the same as a 6.3 with this position. So if it's a receiver at 6.3, that's just the grading scale they use. I'm just throwing out a number. Is That's a slot receiver, a starting slot receiver. But if that's a tackle at 6.3, that's a swing backup tackle. You know, And mm-hmm. so I liked it. Was it always perfect? No. But it was like that was a way – a method to try and actually figure this out and make it make it work because it is hard. I mean, shoot, we were just talking before. It's like I I I'm happy I have the number one pick because I know where I'm going. But after that, I'm like, it is hard to decide. Do I like this tackle better than this edge guy better than this you know corner? And that's gonna be that's why I always try personally is have my premium positions and go from there. But even then, there's other positions that there's guys I really like. <laughs> So the rules are fairly simple, as, as I laid out before. Next five years, you take contracts into account. So just keep that in mind when we're doing this. The list on its own is probably going to include some names that are surprising. But when you look at the contracts, the ages, everything else, that becomes an important part of the context. We did the draft order randomly again. I had the third pick for quarterbacks. I do not this time. The way it spit it out was Nate one, me two, Lindsay three. Sorry, Lindsay. 
but you had you had the first pick last time so i feel like it, we're okay it all I'm has... not going to complain about it the entire show like somebody did last week. <laughs> I did not complain about it the entire show. The reason people asked, why are, are, didn't you do a snake draft? The reason is it's not entertaining to listen to people pick two people in a row. So it's this not. is more about having a good time than it is about the equity of the draft process, <laughs> considering none of that actually matters. So, Nate, you are officially on the clock. Who are you taking with the first pick in the most valuable, most valuable player draft non-quarterback edition? I know. With uh, uh, once you told us the draft order, I, I reached out to the player and signed a deal. And with the number one pick, we're going with Aaron Aaron Donald. And I am happy as can be to just have that wrap a bow on it and just move on to pick four. <laughs> so was there? And I I probably would have gone the same direction if I had the number one pick as well. Is there any consideration about those factors we talked about? He's already 30. He just turned 30. Over the next five years, he will make an average of $22.6 million. So you're paying high, high premiums for him. Is there anything that pushed you in possibly a different direction when you were thinking about this? Yeah, of course, of course that he is. Yeah, this year he's 30 years old and and you don't know. I mean, he is we as as freaky as Aaron Donald is. He is an undersized defensive tackle. I mean, it is what it is. So, of course, that concern crossed my head and going and so I started kind of like looking at other names. There are a couple other names that I kind of was like, "Okay, I don't want to say them right now because I don't want to give them away for you guys." But there's a couple other names that I kind of was like thinking about and then but with him it's just like, "All right, don't overthink it." I mean, this guy's one of the greatest defensive players ever like yeah. period 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 not just oh of the generation just period and just just that transcendent type of talent he's he's i consider the best non-quarterback in the league and it's just you can't pay that type of guy enough he affects so many ball plays and yeah where i'm getting him in his mid-30s i wish i got this five years ago but i'm still i think if even if you get two to three he doesn't miss time like he is a guy that he is so athletic he takes care of his body He's kind of just got those freaky traits where he stays healthy. So I do think he's going to age gracefully because the other underrated thing too with Aaron, because I was with him at Pitt for two years where no one blocked him for two straight years in practice. We had to take him <laughs> off, take him off the field if we had to run play action passes and spring ball and stuff, because it was like, we can't practice because he blows everything up. And with him is that he's very cerebral and he is a guy, he knows what O-line calls are. So when he hears rip, 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 he goes, oh, well, it's pass and they're moving away from me or it's pat and oh, okay, down, down, you know, okay, T, 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 he hears these calls by the second quarter, he's got them figured out. And that's something that's underrated with Aaron. So I think that's why, yeah, he might lose 10% of his athleticism over this time. He's so smart that he's going to overcome that and still be an extremely effective player. I think you talk saying that he's historically good. He's one of the best players ever is important because even if the gap shrinks between him and the field. It just evens the playing field. It's, it's <laughs> he's so far ahead of everyone. You look at some of the numbers. I was looking at his pass rush win rate compared to his double team rate earlier today. He's in his own zip code on the chart, and it's not like he's slowing down. Last year, because I that was my question when I was considering him at two. If you were going to go to a different direction, it's like, all right, is he slowing down? Is there any signs of decline? Obviously, he got hurt at the end of the year, but before that, the answer is no. He had 50 yeah. pressures between weeks 10 and 17 last year. No one else had more than 38. And if you look historically at some of those outlier, outlier talents, Reggie White was 37 when he won Defensive Player of the Year in 1998. And I know that that's anecdotal and maybe that's one example, but that's what Aaron Donald is. He's one of the greatest players of all time. So if and it's he won the Defensive Player of the Year this year. He is still the best <laughs> player in the league at any position. Yeah, I think including Patrick Mahomes when you talk about the gap between him and everyone else at his spot. So... 
I think it's a no-brainer. I, even at his yeah. age, I would have gone the exact same direction. I totally understand it. Now I'm fucked because at two, <laughs> it's, it's really hard. I, I think you could go so many different directions here. And in the non-Aaron Donald camp of this, this is when you have to start weighing all of these different sorts of factors. I went with Chase Young. Okay. Okay. I was, I just, I was curious. I have concerns about Chase Young. And when I say I have concerns, he's not a fully formed product yet. If you go look nope. at some of the pass rush numbers from last year, you know, I think I want to say he was like 25th in the NFL in pressures. He does not have a defined pass rush plan when you look at the way he approaches the game. A lot of splash plays. I mean, think about the the San Francisco game. That force fumble that he had I and mean, just blowing stuff up. That happens. And so it's there's some projection involved here. But he's 22 years old. He's 22 years old. He's already an effective player. And if you look at the contract, so what I did was I did the five-year average for pretty much everyone by looking at what they might make on their second contract, everything else. So Chase Young is the second pick in the draft. It's $8 million this year, 9.4, 11, and then he'll probably make about 18 on his fifth-year option. If you average it out over the course of the entire contract over the next five years, it's about $14.7 million. Think about what the top edge guys make. It's 25 now. So yep. the discount you could be getting him for if as re- as soon as this year he becomes one of the best two or three edge rushers in the league, I just think that potential discount, it's worth it to me. It's just worth where he might go from here, how young he is, and the fact that he's still in the early days of that rookie contract. Lindsay, what do you think about that? I mean, I would have taken him at three. Okay, that's good. If you had gone someone else. So yeah, if you had seen me probably right when you took him, I was like... You know, um, because I think for all of those reasons and, you know, we talk about value and upside and all of those sorts of things. So um, I like the pick. It makes a lot of sense. And now I am uh, scrambling my big board here. <laughs> I mean, I should have been prepared. But yeah, now I'm going through the um, which not as cheap guy do I want here at three? Because my favorite really cheap guy was Chase Young at this position. And we're talking when you're picking in the top three here. You have to do those very, very premium positions. And I'm not sure I'm ready to take a really expensive wide receiver or a really expensive left tackle. So you guys ready for my pick? I'm ready. We're very ready. Uh, I'm going to take TJ Watt. Oh, wow. Okay. I like it. I've been going back and forth. I had two very comparable players, but I'm going to take TJ Watt here because I think he is... The next best kind of all-around defensive player, he's going to be the defensive player of the year at some point because Aaron Donald can't win it every year. I think the other guy that I was debating put between here also should be a defensive of the year um, award winner at some point. But TJ Watt, still cheap for one more year. And then he's going to be very, very, very expensive. But he's going to be worth every penny that the Pittsburgh Steelers or somebody else spend on him. So um, I think you can put him in any defense, any scheme. Um, there's, I don't think there's a single real, real weakness in his game. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna take TJ Watt and feel a little bad about it. I don't know. I'm okay. I'm okay Go with it. it. I'm going. I'm going TJ Watt. I completely understand it, Nate. If you look at his production over the last couple of years, I mean, he has simply been the most disruptive edge player in the NFL over the last two seasons. He's finished second in PFF's pass rush productivity over the last two years. He's forced 17 fumbles and defended 25 passes in four yeah. seasons. 
He led the league in defeats in 2019. The 2020 numbers haven't come out. It's a football outsider stat I always like. Essentially just like an all-encompassing how -hmm. much do you screw shit up on defense stat. Mm -hmm. He was number one in the NFL in 2019. I I just think that outside of Aaron Donald, he's an argument as the most disruptive defensive player in the league at this stage. And like you said, one more cheap year, and then he's probably getting something that I assume will be in the Joey Bosa range. That's where his agents should probably start the conversation. So you're paying a premium, but you know, over the course of the entire five years, it probably averages out to like $22 million a year, even if he gets that Joey Bosa contract, which you can live with when you're getting a guy with that sort of disruption, Nate. Yeah, and that I mean, you don't have to twist my arm with about a Wisconsin Badger. So yeah, exactly. with TJ, with, with that's also uh, part of my methodology here. You're right. <laughs> Taking exactly. a Badger before Nate can. <laughs> that's that's perfect. Uh, so yeah, don't have to worry. Oh no, actually, we do. Uh, but no, with with TJ, it's just I mean, he is. It, it's he almost gets uh, undervalued a little bit because everyone like like thinks, oh, it's just he only gets pub because he's JJ's brother. And I think that actually does happen a little bit as people I, just I, me don't, too. Be, don't people don't believe the tape. Like this dude is unbelievably disruptive. You just listen to stats and it's just one of those guys like you could watch a game and every snap he's doing something, even if it's not. I mean, he does. He does some, some of the smart stuff. I, I even tweeted a clip the other day about it. It's just that. He has such awareness of the game. That's why the Steelers are able to do what you wrote about in the sense that what Keith Butler was doing and going, hey, these guys are smart and really good. Let them go. Let, like, let them make a play. Like, go better bees. Just better be right, but let's do it as a full <laughs> defense. And it works because TJ Watt is that damn good. And I, I think he, I mean, he's smack down in his prime. I believe he's going to be 27 this year. I mean, if you're getting him for the next five years, this is nice. I, I think he's going to age well. He's an athletic guy. Uh, his game is athleticism. It's smarts. It's just, like you said, disruptiveness. He does everything great. It, it's a damn good player. So I love TJ. I, I I can't really fret about this, especially you're getting a cheap year for him uh, in the first year. The ability and the effort combination just jumps off with him. I mean, yeah. he, he plays so, so hard, really strong. Like he could just play through guys in a way that's yeah. always really impressive. And that little dip and rip move that he has where he puts his shoulder on the ground, it's just everything you'd want in an edge rusher, everything. And he does it consistently game in, game out. All right, Nate, you're up. Number four, who you got here? I'm I'm building an expensive roster and <laughs> I I've, I got my number two guy on my big board here. So I'm pretty excited. I'm going, I'm, I'm just building the Rams defense. I'm going with Jalen Ramsey. And and I am I love I, it. Spe- breaking this list down made me realize how few top tier corners there are. That totally. is one of my biggest takeaways I got from this because I was, uh, I, I think we all kind of went about the same way. But I kind of was listing off who are the top guys. Just all right, who are the top guys? Who are some young guys that I like? Okay, let's go from there. O line, D line. I found a bunch of dudes. I shouldn't say a bunch of dudes, but a good number. I got to corner and I was like, you know, there's not that many true. A list corners right now, and I'm That's gonna exactly take the A plus. Right. I'm gonna take the A plus guy who is truly yeah. uh, since he's entered the league been a dynamic player, and honestly, it, he's incredible. He's an incredible player. He's 27 years old. Corners don't age that well once they hit 30, but he's big. He's smart. It's man, I, I just think he's a top top tier player, one of the best players in the league, especially non quarterback. That's why I'm taking him number four. But that position is so hard to find talented guys and might as well get the A plus guy right there. And, I, and you could build a defense around that. Well, I this mean, was my dilemma when I was trying to decide at number three was yeah. do I want to wait? He was the other guy that I was kind of going back and forth about. It's like, do I want my the best corner? Or do I take the 
a dresser that I really, really want, not knowing if I'll have a chance to get one of the, the very elite guys. So um, I think you're totally, totally justified in doing this. And let's see, I, I trust that you'll do as good a job as Brandon Staley did. With those <laughs> two guys. Scheming I mean, them up. Yeah. Yeah. Just uh, have these two stars. Yeah. I'll, I'll make them work. I'll, I'll figure out a way. I mean, that's the thing is you don't have to imagine it. Those two guys, nope. you've seen them together. You know how you can build around them. I was tempted to, if I had gotten Donald at two, I was thinking the exact same thing with maybe trying to get Jalen Ramsey a little bit later just because we've seen how the pieces fit. I totally agree about the corners. And I think we'll see that as we go here. There just aren't that many of them. And in the conversation about the value of pass rushers, the value of pass coverage. That is one of the nuances that you have to remind people of and you have to talk about. Is it better to be better in coverage than a pass rush because you can manufacture a rush? Theoretically, yes. But it's hard to build that way because the same corners aren't consistently good year after year where with the edge guys, you can set your watch to it. All of those guys are going to be the same guys on the same list all of the time. The corners, it's a very, very select group of players. So I totally agree. I, I felt the exact same realization when I was building my list. All right. I have the fifth pick here. This is probably going to be pretty surprising. I'm taking AJ Brown. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That is a little surprise. I love yeah. AJ, but yeah. Let's, let's go, Robert. Let's hear it. 24, 24 years old, 1.5 million this year, 1.8 million next year. That's hard to beat. And I think if you look at his game and some of the underlying numbers, he's been third in the NFL in yards per route run over the last two years. If he was in an offense where he was getting 150 targets a year, he would have the same production as anybody else does. And when I wa- I went back and I watched him because I was curious how high he would be on my list because I think that I want I, you want a receiver up here, like premium positions, all that kind of stuff. And his game is so interesting because we know about the yak stuff, right? He's number He's been number two in the NFL in yak over expectation over the last two seasons. But to me, the a bit, his route running ability and his ability in space and the fact that he was the second, he finished second in the NFL in yards per route run from the slot last year, you forget how he's built. Like if you had asked me how tall A.J. Brown is, I would say 6'2". Like that's just immediate where my mind would go. Six foot and a half. And yeah. he moves like that. He's six foot and a half, 225, but he moves like a six foot receiver that's much, much smaller. And I just think his, what he can do out of some of the slot stuff, little juke routes, the fact that he's so, so strong. Like, I feel like truly the receiver's under 25. He's the guy I would take above everybody else. And I think that's something to consider in an exercise like this. His top end speed is the only question that I have about him. He can't run away from guys, but he's still a good deep receiver. He can still make stuff happen on those sorts of plays, and he's so, so strong. I really do think that his skill set is underrated compared to other guys in the position. Hey, he's fast enough to create all those yards after the catch, so yes. that's all. I mean, he's fast enough to do that. No, I, I like AJ a lot. I mean, I yeah, that offense is perfect for him because of that ability to create after the catch, and he's so strong, so he's, he's fine running all those dig routes over the middle and drifts and all that. And what I agree with you in in the sense that actually more he has more receiver to him than maybe even I initially thought. A hundred percent. He has more of that technique stuff than more just being a brute force of nature. And that's something even in the red zone, you see him kind of, you know, go high points and balls sometimes. And it's like, okay, all right. That's it, it's he maximizes that six foot and a half size. And that's what good receivers do. So I, I really like AJ. Maybe not would have taken him here, but I still like him a lot. So I can't really uh, blink too much. 
when I went back and I watched him, I was so impressed at some of the stuff he was doing. And it was against Marlon Humphrey in the playoff game. And the fact that he's breaking off Marlon Humphrey and getting free releases against a really good corner out of the slot, I was just so impressed with him. And again, I was just kind of looking at all the other options here and looking at the price. If you average it out, let's say he got a top of market extension after these two years, like at about $25 million a year, whatever it might be. That's still over that five-year stretch averages out to fifteen point seven million. That's ten million dollars a year less than the best receivers in the league are getting. That's eight million dollars a year less than a guy like Devontae Adams is going to get over that same stretch. I just think that gap plus his age and with the other guys available here, I like it. I just think there's a value there, especially compared to the other guys at that position. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. All right, Lindsay, you're up. All right, since we've just talked about how there's not a ton of depth at corner, I'm going to take my favorite guy on the board who's left right now. I'm taking Jair Alexander. I I also considered him at five, so I totally understand that. He's yep. cheap yeah. for for yep. a while. Um, he's two only more making, years. Yeah, two more years where he's cheap. Um, you know, he's on his fifth year option year in 2022, where he's going to make what 13.2 million, which is still a bargain for an elite cornerback, which he absolutely is um, an elite cornerback. So, um, yeah, Jair Alexander, he's my guy. What do you I think? love Jair. I, I like Jair a lot. Uh, I think he's he's when where I was making that list of quarters. I mean, he was up there, and why? I really honestly, uh, well, there's another guy, but I honestly had him <laughs> as the other corner that I really like. But I mean, because, I think there's uh, a couple others that are really good, but I like him no, no, for the value and the, the value. Exactly. The year he's 24 years old right now. I mean, that's a top tier corner at that age. No, that doesn't happen. So it's, that's nice. I, I, I get exactly the argument for him. He's a top, top, top tier player. It's just there. I know the Packers actually have a couple of guys where it's like, okay, this guy is actually legitimately really good. Even though we've Robert and I, I know for sure have ragged on the Packers defense a little bit, but that's for stopping the run as opposed to stopping the pass. And there was a reason they were so good against the pass was the guys like Jair Alexander. I was watching him yesterday for this and I watched a couple different games. I was just blown away by how good he is. 
I mean, just the man coverage ability. They didn't play that much man, but when he was allowed to do it, just so smooth, so comfortable. I mean, just several different plays just jumped out. He's a really, really good player. And at that age, again, with two more cheap seasons, I, I absolutely considered him in this range. So I totally understand that. All right, Nate, you're up seven. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm crushed right now because it's like, oh man, I want I have, I have a cheap guy and an expensive guy. And I, I'm like, you're I'm just expensive guy. I <laughs> have to. All right, let's go expensive. What's what's max this luxury tax out? Oh, I'm gonna ask like act like it's the NBA. So it's all right with uh where where are we at now? So I'm pick uh pick seven here. Seven. So pick seven, I am going with Miles Garrett. And yes, and I am very happy with the defense I am building. <laughs> um, but it's with Miles Garrett. I actually, I've been kind of tough of him as a person watching him uh, in the sense that I'm like, oh, he doesn't do all the stuff against the run. He, he doesn't always crank it up. He kind of knows when his bread is buttered against the pass. And, you know, he's one of those guys. He cranks it up. But guess what? When he cranks it up, he's literally unblockable. <laughs> so it's, it's to that point where, you know, he's 26 years old. He's going to be a little expensive as the years go on, but I'm getting him right in the smack dab of his prime. He's, you know, I mean, I know it's only five years, but, uh, but I'm getting him right here. He's under, under deal for that. The cap's going up. So I'm fine with that, but I do think he is a bonafide impact player and one of the better defenders, one of the best defenders in the league right now at that age. And it's just, he's only going to get a little better as soon as he gets even more technique to his game. So yep. Miles Garrett pick seven, uh, the Nate Tice selection committee. <laughs> I also think that him signing his deal before Bosa signed his deal was really big for the Browns because Bosa is setting that high, high bar at the position Garrett for the next five years. It's set. There's no mystery here. It's 22.2 yeah. million over the next five. Bosa is at 26.9. And there's not that big of a gap between those two guys. So if you're the Browns, you got to be really, really happy about that. And for guys like TJ Watt and some other guys on this list, even Chase Young eventually down the road, they're going to be looking at that Bosa deal as the benchmark. So the fact that Garrett came in so far underneath that, you're getting pretty decent value. It's actually why I had Miles Garrett one spot ahead of TJ Watt when I was doing my rankings here. So I completely understand that. All right. Number eight. We're talking about cornerback scarcity here. I'm going with Marlon Humphrey. Yeah. So love him. I just think that again, if that that list is small, that list of like true every single year, this guy is somebody I can rely on. There's two different reasons I picked him here. One, position versatility. The fact that he can play inside out, super comfortable doing each. Over the last two years, he's played about half his snaps on the slot, and he looks really good doing it. Two, mm -hmm. There's no mystery about what he does in man coverage. The Ravens play man coverage half the time, and he's excellent at it. We know exactly what he would look like on a defense that puts a ton on their corners because that's exactly what the Ravens do. Also, the guy is 25 years old and mm -hmm. already signed his deal. Signed mm -hmm. his deal before the Jalen Ramsey contract. He's $16.9 over the next five years. That's $4.5 million less per year than Jalen Ramsey. He's almost two years younger than Jalen Ramsey. And I, I think Jalen Ramsey me. is a better player. But still, that two-year gap plus the discount that you're getting and the fact that he's consistently been so, so good, he had eight forced fumbles last year too. The guy just makes stuff happen. Yep. Like, I Again, I think that pool of corners is really small and it's starting to dry up and I really wanted to get one before we might kept going here. I'm I'm a big fan of Humphrey. Uh, I for all the reasons you laid out, and that contract is great because, in a sense, too, it ends when he's 30. I think so. It's like, yeah. whew, you're you're getting him right right wrapped up, 
it's going to be fair market value in a few years. I mean, I, I love Marlon Humphrey. I think he's incredible player. I really do for all the reasons he laid out. I, I love the versatility playing in the slot. He's tough. He's willing to fit up on the run when it comes to him. He wears number 44. You have to be confident <laughs> in your abilities to be a corner and wear number 40. It's so true. I it's so it. true. I love it. No, I love Marlon Humphrey. He's one of my favorite players in the league. So I love this pick. He was, if I didn't get Ramsey, he would have been the next corner I would have taken. I'm really excited to watch your team play to practice each other because we'll get to see A.J. Brown and Marlon Humphrey I know. Oh, yeah. in Robert I, A's training camp. The A.J. Brown pick is going to be controversial, and that's okay with me because I legitimately think if you dropped him in any other offense, to me, he is a true blue number one receiver, and he's so young and the couple cheap years. I'm okay with it, especially getting Humphrey here. I thought I would have considered Jael Alexander at five. So that I just think the the the, the drop offs and everything else, I'm totally fine with how this played out. All right, Lindsay, you're up at nine here. Who are you going with? <sighs> okay. So at the risk of being a very Packers heavy team, I'm gonna take David Bakhtiari. I was wondering where he'd go. I was I was curious. This is okay. I want to hear this. So, so here's my case for David Bakhtiari. Despite him coming off of an ACL, a very poorly timed late regular season ACL, but we saw, we so very clearly saw just how freaking valuable David Bakhtiari was when he was not able to play and help protect Aaron Rodgers um, in a critical game that they lost because they couldn't protect him. Um, I also, I mean, I think he's... I don't know if he's the best left tackle in the NFL. I think there's a I think couple you other say guys that. that you could. I mean, I think you could argue, make that argument. I think Trent Williams um, yeah. has a very, very strong case. Trent Williams is 33 and is making um, max $138 million over the next <laughs> the, the course of his new contract that he signed. David Bakhtiari is making a lot of money. He's making $23 million average per year over the length of his of his new contract. That's not cheap. But even at age 30, you're going to be able to get five good years out of him. That is a position where you can play well into your mid-30s um, when you're as good of an athlete and as smart of a player as David Bakhtiari was. So I'm kind of at the point where I didn't want to wait. I had a couple when I looked at when I stacked my my tackle board. I had a couple of the really expensive veteran guys and then a couple of these like real cheap rookie guys. But I'm going to go for the guy who's proven um, and that we we know his value. We know how good he is. And I know he's a guy that Robert would have taken if I didn't get him off my board right now. You can't really go wrong picking the best left tackle, best <laughs> pass protecting left tackle in the NFL. That's typically yeah. a good place to go. And this is a position where we've seen guys play well into their mid 30s. Yeah. Like you just mentioned, Lindsay, Trent Williams is 33 years old. I think he was the best left tackle in the league this year. Trent Williams is an all time physical outlier. So that certainly helps. But Bakhtiari is also a really, really, really good athlete playing left tackle. It shows up all the time. So I completely understand that. My only thing would be he's really expensive. I mean, he is. He reset the market before Trent Williams did. So not only are you getting a guy that's going to be creeping into his 30s over the course of this exercise, but you're paying full freight for him. You were paying the sticker price for a top-tier left tackle with a guy like Bakhtiari. But again, uh, you can't go wrong picking a guy who has been the best pass protector in the league over the last few seasons. All right, Nate, you're up, buddy. Tenth overall. Yep, I'm also going to go tackle here, but I'm finally going with a cheap guy. There you go. I got to look God at the salary caps. And I'm going <laughs> to go with your cheap guy. Tristan Wirfs, offensive tackle, Tampa Bay Bucks, or well, actually, the Nate Tice Selection Committee. Uh, yeah, I I love Wirfs. Uh, I think I mean everyone did. I mean, shoot, he's all pro, <laughs> so it's not like he's some unheralded guy. I'm showing up, you know. 
putting a light on. But Wirfs is I, I loved him when he was coming out last year. I, I think he is just gonna he's gonna be such a good player, man. Like he is gonna be so much fun. Even if he stays on the right side for the rest of his career, I don't even care because he tackle side doesn't matter as much as it used to, you know, 10, 15, 20, 30 years ago where Do you think it matters at all? I think it's more as opposed to when it used to be like 80-20, I think it's more like 55-45 if that And matters. I think I think the argument you could make now is that if he gets it's, paid like a right tackle or get I mean like even if Lane I know Lane Johnson kind of reset that a little bit, but even if he gets paid a little bit less cuz he's a right tackle, it's almost better that he's on yeah. the right side for you. Well, that's the other thing too is all right, what have defenses started to doing cuz they they were so smart. Oh, well the left tackle is usually really good and the right tackle some garbage guy that they filled in that's some guard or some like guy undrafted guy, some 6th round pick that they're just filling in, hope he can develop into left tackle. So then defenses start putting their best rushers uh, against the right tackle. So let's have a really good right tackle. <laughs> I mean, that just seems like natural progression right there. So that's why I think actually I'm going to go back already. It's like, I don't think it is as much as it used to be. Obviously, I do think there is that just a little bit. It's like having a lefty pitcher and a righty pitcher. It's like, yeah, if you could pick, I want the fastball throwing lefty as opposed to the fastball throwing righty just cuss. But it doesn't matter as much if you're as good and as dominant and two way dominant run game and pass protection. And he's smart as all get out. Like he has great eyes on his stuff. Yeah, I'm fine with it. I, I love Tristan Wirfs. I think he's gonna be a great pro. I mean, he already is. It's not like I'm projecting anything right now. <laughs> I had Wirfs really, really high on my board. I would have taken him next. If you had not, if you look at the numbers on here, the contract is crazy. So yeah. if you, even if you play it out over the next five years, he was a probably going to so he's making 3.7 this year, 4.4 next year, 5.1. His fifth year option is probably going to be the franchise tag for tackles, which that's how it is now for fifth year options when you make a couple Pro Bowls, which he will. Even that's only 15. So you're getting a deal. You're getting an absolute steal for a guy who already might be the best right tackle in the NFL. If there weren't the shortage of corners. I probably would have taken him at eight, but I think the drop off from corner is so considerable yep. that I wanted to make sure I got one of those guys. But I love Tristan Wirfs going at 10 here. At number 11, I get one of the guys I wanted to come away from with this exercise. I'm going with Brian Burns. Oh, fudge. I, come on. Just let, just let it one Did more round. Did you just round. say, ah, fudge? Because I, I didn't, we already used our F word from the show. So I can't, I can't, true, I can't drop true. the, I can't drop the second, I'm always I can't drop the second F bomb. Trust me. It's part of my lexicon, but ah, that's who I, yeah, go, go, go. Gosh. So if you look at it over, if we play out those five years again, it, his, even if he gets a top of market extension, you're probably looking at about $14 million a year, similar to Chase Young. That compared to a guy like TJ Watt is probably going to make 23, 24 over this entire thing. I just think he's the next great defensive player, let alone pass great. rusher in the NFL. I, I went back and I watched him today. Just one of those things like, is he really as good as I remember? And then you watch him. It's like, oh, hell yes, he is. He's better. <laughs> oh, He's hell better. yes, he is. He <laughs> yeah. is so, so good. 57 pressures last year, finished fourth in pass rush win rate, already getting double teamed a decent amount in a top 10 clip in the league. The only thing, if I was figuring out, well, let's talk about strengths first. Unbelievably explosive. I mean, just rare, rare, rare get off quickness. Yep. And combined with the length, that ghost move he has, Nate, where he just goes right underneath somebody for a guy that tall. Von yep. Miller does that. But to do that at 6'5", is bonkers yep. and he uses the length well 
the only real consideration about where he kind of falls short compared to other guys, he's not as strong. He does not have his not as good against the run, but then even as a pass rusher, the strength is is lacking. But the strength being a concern is only a problem when you can only win with speed. But he's so good change of direction wise, and he has so many good counters that he can still beat guys with secondary moves, even if he doesn't have speed to power. His spin is disgusting. Yeah. For a six five guy, yeah. I, I just I threw on the, the Tampa game from earlier in the season in week yep. two, and then the first New Orleans game today. And again, he was just better than I ever thought he was going to be rewatching those games. And I think he is a superstar. Yeah, and it, like even the clips of him dropping into coverage. Like I know we're yes. talking about his pass rush. Yes. It's like, oh my God, this guy's a freak athlete. Look at him. He looks good. Chase like, Young's he looks the like, same way, by the way. I thought that yeah, five yeah, times today. I'm watching Chase oh. Young drop into coverage. I'm like, oh my God, he has awareness and like he no. knows what he's doing. It's crazy. I've been a Brian Burns fan since because I didn't do him scouting when he was coming out of college. But then as soon as I saw him running as a gunner, as a rookie uh, on punt, I was like, as a, as a DN running as a gunner and making tackles, I was like, oh, who the hell is this guy? Um, I am a huge fan of this dude. I rewatching him last week or a few days ago. Oh my god! Like I already liked him, but now I love him. I, I think he, I the weight, the strength thing is interesting because it's like it's not like he he's a good hustler. Like he he brings effort on. Every oh yeah, play. he plays hard, hard and. The the it's almost like he doesn't know how to use his strength now because he was two thirty something coming out of college mm-hmm. and now he, you could tell he's put on about fifteen twenty pounds and he's gonna probably gain another ten and it's like he's like oh I'm strong like I think he doesn't realize how strong he is he's like I don't win this way because I was two hundred twenty eight pounds in in college and I had to win this way and it's like now he's like oh I I actually have like muscles and I could do this now and but yeah I think this guy I agree with you I think he's gonna be a superstar and not just because our buddy Brandon Thorne gave his seal of approval too. <laughs> But it's just like watching this guy, I was just going nuts. And I, I have a friend, Bryce Rossler, he tweeted today, Brian Burns ranked third in the league last year in hurries and sacks combined overall. Yeah. Just yeah. period. Third, third. He just turned 23 last month. It's like some, if you look at it, 14.6 million, if he gets a $25 million extension over the, the final two years after his fifth year option, 14.6. And then a guy like, Garrett or Watt or whoever, that's an $8 million player over the course of this. So I can have this and a starting like quality cornerback in free agency by getting Brian Burns here at 11. That's how I was thinking about it. That's why I'm going with so many rookie contract guys. Even a guy like like A.J. Brown. I can have A.J. Brown and Emmanuel Sanders for the price of Devontae Adams. And I that matters to me in an exercise like this. And I think Brian Burns, again, another example of that. The discount you're getting with those couple cheap years is a huge, huge advantage. All right, Lindsay, you're up. 12th pick here. All right, so my I am building an all-ACL team here. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'm going to take Nick Bosa. Love it. That's the o- was- one of the only reasons I did not take him is because of the injury. I was taking so- him next. I was, you know, I was going back and forth. I had both of my Bosa brothers basically in this range, and I am going with the cheaper one. I also am going on the one who's coming off of a torn ACL. His ACL, unlike David Bakhtiari's, was very early in the season. So I am very confident that Nick Bosa will be fully healthy and back to being the ridiculously disruptive, um, just game-wrecking presence for my team in 2021 that he was for the 49ers as a rookie when he was... So freaking yeah. dominant um, as a rookie, even though he had some injury issues early, he was limited in his rookie camp. But 
he could have been if the Niners, if Jimmy Garoppolo would have completed that third down pass and they would have won that game, Nick Bosa would have had a really strong case to be Super Bowl MVP 100%. if the Niners in an alternate universe mm-hmm. as a rookie. So um, I'm going to take a little bit of the injury risk here and I'm going to take Nick Bosa over his big brother, Joey, because I think he might. I think he'll be a better player long term over the course of his career, which is really Joey Bosa is really freaking good. And one of you guys or me later, who knows, maybe I can get both of them. We'll have a really good player on his team. But we do have the rookie contract factor. He's going to be cheaper for a couple more years, a couple years younger. He's only 24. So um, Nick Bosa, come on down. I I love it. I, I watched a couple of games, the two games before he got hurt. And it's just like, oh, yeah, this guy is absolutely dominant on every single snap. <laughs> and we already forgot about him. Like, not already forgot about him, but it's kind of it's funny how you just get out of the conversation just that quickly. And it's like, yeah, this guy was an absolute literally a game changer, like a, a game changing, a franchise changing guy is rookie year. I mean, he he helped unlock that whole defense that they had. And yeah, I, I think he he's he's special, man. Both of the guy, both of the Bosa brothers are really special, but I do think Nick maybe even has that quarter half tier above Joey. I, just so powerful. I mean, it's uh, Joey plays with the, like really good hands. They have the same yeah. hands, but just I don't know. Bose, Nick Bosa is more violent. Like he just plays a little yeah. bit more violently than Joey does. It's really impressive when you watch him. Without the ACL, I would have put him in, in there. I just think that there's always a question. He'll probably be fine. But there always is that slight question. I just and again, I also just wanted to plant my flag with Burns a little bit. I just feel like we Love should it. talk about him more than we do. So, but I was between those two guys. All right, Nate, thirteen, you're up here, buddy. Who you got? It's so funny because those two guys were like my next two guys. I'm like, no way, they're gonna take one of them. I'm gonna get Burns <laughs> or Bosa. So don't worry, it's not like I'm panicking. Hey, there's or still one right Bosa now. available. I'm just gonna <laughs> funny. I'm just gonna keep. Uh, I'm just gonna keep stalling, stalling, stalling. All right, here we go. So. I'm going to switch it up a little bit. I'm going with another rookie contract guy. Uh, and actually, I'm going to go a little bit different than what I thought I was going to pick here. But I'm going to go with Justin Jefferson. I was going to uh, be shocked if you didn't do this. Yeah. So I'm very really excited. because Yeah. I love Justin Jefferson. We've talked about him on the pod. I, I mean, he excelled. I it was high on him, but he's excelled or ascended before, beyond anything I even pictured what he could be. Or I thought maybe he could be this in five years. But it's... Man, we were texting about him a little bit, Robert, and he's just a good player. Uh, he just does everything really well. He's long. Um, yeah, he might not be the tallest or fastest guy, but he's such an efficient mover. So I want to talk to you about the tallest part about this because he is only six one, but yep. when you watch him play, it feels like he's six five, and yeah. it's because he has to have the shortest torso that I've ever seen <laughs> in like, my entire life. <laughs> yeah, so long neck, long arms. He yep. has 33 inch arms and his legs are so, so long, but he's yep. only 6'1. And this is very weird. But I think those long legs play to his advantage in really subtle ways. One, really easy accelerator, just long, long strides. And I think that that lankiness, he gets on guys before they know he's on them. And it's, they just, for whatever reason, corners just have a hard time understanding his movements because of how wonky and lanky he is he's when he's moving full speed his ability on like sluggos or double moves off of posts guys just have no idea what to do with it and i think it's in part because he's shaped in a weird way i know that's strange to say no you know who he's a lot built a lot like is reggie wayne 
And yes, it's that, yes. that's exactly who he's built like. And actually, and who else is built like that is Rashad Bateman, dot, dot, dot. But it's the, <laughs> but um, he's just built, he's got those long limbs where he plays so much taller. And usually with a long limb guy, you think of like a deer on ice, you know, just like yes. tripping and falling over themselves. Can't throttle down. Can't throttle down. Can't, or the, the one thing, and we were talking about this, is the one thing that always, and you're talking about it as far as he gets up on guys, he catches an underneath route how quickly he gets north because he's totally. able to un- unlock his hips. He has that flexibility with that size or that length as opposed to guys that are just like, oh, I, I have no body control. He, so it's like, I, I remember a story, Chris Borland, when I was talking to him, he was talking about guarding this guy, that, a tight end that played at Wisconsin. who was Big Ten player of the year or Big Ten tight end of the year. And his name was Jacob Pedersen. He just was a camp guy and then that was it. And Jacob was like 6'2 and change, funky. He was about like 238. He ran really weird. He ran like a duck almost, like kind of just like waddled. <laughs> and Borland said that was so hard to guard because yes. he didn't know when he was he didn't know when he was gonna break. Yes. So it's like a hurt, it was like the old guy at the Y. You're like, you're like guarding him and you're like, but the old guy at the Y runs a four four eight, you know, and you know, can run and catch and everything. But he says like that was harder than a fast guy because the fast guy was like, I know when he's gonna throttle. But a guy that was herky-jerky like that, it's like, oh, my God, I don't know. Is he stopping? Is he breaking? So I think he has that going for him. I, I love Justin Jefferson. He's a great player, and I'm, I'm excited he's on my team. <laughs> he is. He's not. Initial releases aren't his best, and he doesn't have, like, burner, burner speed. Those yeah. are the only two things. But his ability to create separation late on plays, when he's running full speed and then has to make, a, like, a secondary release down the field, guys are lost. They have absolutely no chance. And I think it's because he gets on them so quickly. I went back and I watched him a ton last night for this, and I was so, so impressed. I mean, just every aspect of his game. Again, he's weird. He's a weird watch, really unique skill set, but I think that's part of what his strengths and why he's so good. Can I ask a question about Justin Jefferson real quick? Because I just think he's really... I just think it's a really interesting interesting kind of case where going into the 2020 draft I mean he was clearly a first round talent but he wasn't the top guy he wasn't you know he wasn't um, Jerry Judy or Henry Ruggs or CeeDee Lamb what did we miss in the scouting process that maybe had that tier of guys just above him where when it came to actual football he wasn't just the best rookie wide receiver in football last year he was probably one of the best three receivers in all of the NFL last year. What do you think we missed? And then maybe like, why, why is he, is he the one who was able to make that big jump um, as a rookie that the other guys weren't? I think just with that LSU offense, he was playing in the slot as a point man. And just a lot of the routes he had to run were shorter routes. It was just like he worked underneath and he was like blocker. A lot of times they ran duo a whole bunch of times. That's actually why I liked him was like, this guy's athletic, but look how gritty and that core strength he had. And he had catching range. You know, he maximized everything in the middle. That's why I liked him. I didn't know he could do this well on the outside as well. I think some of it was just lack of, you know, ability to project him and not like dogging a scout or anything like that. I was very high on him again, but it's just, I mean, even I, this, this is, that's what's so hard about the scouting process, especially with receivers. Is that's it's what I was so going to say, Nate. Scheme dependent. That's why. It's so scheme dependent. We talk yeah. about this all the time about how this is why I would wait on receivers because it's the nuances and the subtleties of the position that typically end up creating the best players. And he's a perfect example of that. Like all of these little tiny idiosyncrasies that we're talking about are hard to understand and project, but they eventually make the best receivers in the league. And that's why you can get A.J. Brown in the second round or this guy in the the late 20s 20s when Henry Ruggs goes 10th. 
So I, I think this speaks to why we would wait on receivers in a normal yes. NFL draft because of that exact reason. So a nice bit of synchronicity here. I'm going with the guy who was essentially traded for Justin Jefferson. There it is. I, I your guy, your guy. I your have guy. Every, everyone knows I love Stefan Diggs, and this is not an exception. And I, I, but I do think that it, I'm justified in taking him here because if you look at what he did last year, he was sixth in the NFL in yards per route run. He was second in 2019. It's a sticky, sticky stat. I talk about it because it typically dictates who the most valuable receivers in the league are every single year. There's reason Julio is number one every single season for the most part. So I think Diggs is an elite, elite receiver. Obviously, he led the league in receiving last year when his target share increased. He's an elite receiver, like a top five guy who's paid like a merely very good one. His contract is awesome. 14 million this year, 13 million next year, 13 million the following year. Compare that to Amari Cooper or what Devontae Adams is going to make or what DeAndre Hopkins makes. They may renegotiate this just to give him, make him whole and give him what he deserves. We don't have to worry about that here. We're only going off these numbers. He is cheap. To get a top five receiver who's still only 27 years old at this price, I I don't even think twice about it here. I legitimately think he's one of the best three or four receivers in the league. And at his age and for with this contract, I, I think it's more than worth it at this spot. Lindsay, what do you think? Oh, I'm no. I mean, I think you're. It's totally fair. I, you know, as as I've been building my big board and thinking about the guys that I like, and just, it, it, and actually, Nate and I were talking about this right before we started recording, where we we're talking about methodology, right? And like, how do we, how do we rank value versus um, age and everything? And it's like some point you just got to take the guys you really, really like. Yes. And I did have. I will admit, I had a lot of questions about exactly the value of the trade, what or what uh, the Buffalo Bills gave up in terms of a first-round pick, to go out and get stuff on Diggs, how it was going to work for him. Because we didn't know what Josh Allen was going to be this time last year. And what we saw, it was the perfect situation, the perfect guy for Josh Allen. The value was absolutely there. Both teams, I mean, so rare, right, that both teams would come away really mm-hmm. happy with what they got. And I, I just love Stephon Diggs. And Robert, you've talked about this before. You and I have talked about this before. He is responsible for... One of the most incredible moments I've ever seen on a football yeah. field. We were both yeah. in Minnesota for that game. And I will like always treasure that day and that moment of just having been there alive to see that. So I um, I, I, I absolutely, I, I love it. And I'm actually kind of surprised you didn't take him earlier. <laughs> I, I mean, when they made that trade, I was not shy about saying that I thought it was more than worth it. I thought that he was a super duper star hiding in plain sight. And I think that's exactly what we saw. I mean, when you watch him play, I think him and Devante are the two guys, and Keenan Allen probably to a certain extent, just the little tiny details of the position. His on releases, the way he pushes vertically, and just his he's dominant on comeback routes and hitches because guys are so scared of how he pushes down the field and he throttles down so quickly. Just all the little stuff he does. And when we saw him in a true passing offense where he was the number one guy, he was the most productive receiver in the NFL. Like That's all yeah. he needed was the opportunity. He was always this guy, and I always believed he was this guy. And it's fun to kind of see that recognition grow as he's gotten this opportunity. So not surprising that I took him. And this might be a little bit high, but I don't think anyone should be shocked. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, 
the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Yeah. All right, Lindsay, you're up. 15. Okay, so I'm just at the point where I am just going to draft guys that I think are good value, but that I just really want to have on my team. And I might be taking them too high. It might be a little bit of a risk, but I'm going to take Kyle Pitts. And <laughs> he, it's early. I had him in this range. Uh-huh. He hasn't played a single snap yet, but he... All the projections are on him. Projections on him are generational talent. The a, a guy that will be Travis Kelsey or better, more valuable than Travis Kelsey. And I freaking love Travis Kelsey. And if he wasn't uh, what thirty two years old, I believe he's thirty two years old. Um, I would be taking Travis Kelsey here. So I'm going to take twenty one year old potential Travis Kelsey impact level of a player in Kyle Pitts. Um, so yeah, I'm taking the first rookie off the board here. I no, totally understand I, it. He was on my list. He was on my board. Like I would have drafted him before the end of this just because I think the value you could get is huge. And not only is he on a rookie contract, I think some of the thinking with him has to be he's a tight end. So even as you go later on into this entire thing, if he is a tight end when contract time comes around, that impacts everything. His fifth-year option then becomes the franchise tag value for tight ends if he makes two Pro Bowls, and he gets paid based on tight ends which that's really important because there are some tight ends that have receiver value but aren't paid like receivers because precedent at the position matters when you're negotiating contracts. And that's exactly how this will go. What Travis Kelsey and George Kittle are making now, if he ends up becoming a true number one weapon for an offense, that's a bargain. That is less than you're going to pay for a receiver. So I think that should play into the thinking a little bit. Nate, do you think that's fair? Yeah, no, absolutely. Because you're not really paying him for his rookie year. That or you're not making this pick for his rookie year because tight end is such a hard position to to get good at. I mean, it's just a, it's one of those positions: quarterback, offensive line, tight end, corner. Like those are hard transitions from going from college to pro. And that's the thing with Kyle Pitts, though. It's like I think after the bye week of this year, all of a sudden he's going to ascend to at least above average good. But then after that, it's those next three four years that you're like, yeah, I got a Pro Bowl, All Pro tight end candidate. There's only three or four three of those realistically in the league right now. And I got him in his twenties, his mid twenties on a rookie deal. Yeah. Makes all the sense in the world. I thought I was going to get that like later. So I was like, I, was was like just, I, didn't want to, I didn't want to wait. I didn't want to risk it. I know. Get I didn't want to risk it. So I'm just going to, I'm just going to take my guys right now. I love it. I, t- I totally board, understand Kyle it. Pitts. All totally right. Nate, 16. It. Who you got? God, I, I'm just becoming a meme of myself. I are a <laughs> caricature of myself, whatever you want to use it, but I'm going expensive again. I'm going with Trent Williams. And I am wow. just yeah thirty three through thirty eight huh yep I am be I this is a hard pill to swallow he is dude I just watched him again and it was just like this guy's unbelievable it's he's incredible and yes it's you know what scared me a little bit was my original argument was like oh yeah look at Andrew Whitworth but then Trent Williams Andrew Whitworth 
Andrew Whitworth didn't miss a miss like one game in 12 years. And it was like, yeah, of course he aged well. Trent Williams, on the other hand, has, you know, he's missed some time. Even when he was in Washington, yeah. he missed a few games. And he's missed a few games in the last couple of years, even the year uh, prior to what they sat out. I just think he's just so good. So I'm really just kind of taking him here just to have those two or three years, um, uh, just to have these two or three years where I could just like, I'm going to have the top, 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 top left tackle. Cause I do think he's the best two way tackle in the league. Bakhtiari can, of course, I call him, I always call him uh, uh, Dothraki. I don't know why that's just his name in my head. He does, but uh, he also, he has that's, they used to say that he looked like that when game okay, of Thrones good, was that because me, of the hair. Yes. I, they said I he, never knew how to, they called him Khal Drogo back when he was a rookie. Okay. I never knew how to say his name, so I combined a David and Bakhtiari. So I was just like Dothraki. That's what he is in my brain, and that's what I call him for the rest of my life. But I still can't spell Bakhtiari, so don't worry about. Oh it. no. Okay. Yeah, I, I think even out here I have a David B. But it's <laughs> with him. It's just you know he he's incredible. I mean he's he's top tier pass. I mean one of the better pass protecting left tackles we've seen in a while. I love Trent Williams just because you see you get to see it a lot in the Shanahan offense is all the run stuff that he gets to do, and he is just incredibly dominant. And yeah, I I get it. It's he does have some bang up injuries and he is old. He's 33 and this contract is freaking ridiculous. The contract that they gave him. But what I am hoping with when I'm taking him here is I'm getting three years of the elite of elite play at left tackle, which is really hard to find. And then hoping he ages after that and just hope I get 10 to 12 starts of him after that. But I'm really buying him for three years and just holding on my hat after that. I understand it. I think that you're really betting on those last couple of years, though. You're really hoping he sticks around for a while, but yep. he just signed that contract. Who knows? I mean, and his play this year, I think, has to be encouraging. The fact that he was arguably the best oh left God. tackle in the NFL at 33, it's not like Aaron Donald because Aaron Donald is such an outlier, but it's that thing where it's not like he's on the decline already. He's still playing as well as yes. he pretty much ever has, so that's why I can understand this bet. All right, at 17, I'm, I'm sticking on the same offense. I'm going with George Kittle. Okay. The run on tight ends. <laughs> so I be, so I think tight end is an interesting consideration here because in a vacuum, it's not as valuable a position as a receiver t- tends to be. And I understand that. But with Kittle, I just think you're getting so many different things, right? It's the yards after it's He's an explosive play waiting to happen as a tight end. Mm-hmm. There just aren't many of those. So if you look at it, about three quarters of his receptions went for first downs this year. As a tight end, he's an explosive play. He was third in the NFL in yards after catch over expectation over over the entire year after, I think, Debo Samuel and A.J. Brown. That's as a tight end. I mean, and then you combine that with he is a vertical threat. He's running fades out of the slot for 40 yards and what he does as a blocker. Mm-hmm. The fact that he has all of that value as a pass protector when you want him to be, as a run blocker, he is a weapon in the run game. So over the course of the next five years, I think it's an average of like $14 million a year. Compare that to a receiver at 22. I don't think he's less valuable than a wide receiver is. I really don't. I think he's arguably more valuable for less money. The only thing to me would be injuries. He's missed a couple of games. You know, obviously missed half of last season. He missed two games the year before. He missed half of his rookie year. But he's, you're getting at this from 27 to 32, and I think at a reasonable price when you consider the impact he has in every facet of the game. Also, my receiving core now is Stefan Diggs, A.J. Brown, and George Kittle. Yeah, you're loaded. So I'm doing okay. 
it's such a good point though. I that's always been my argument with the with Kittle and or just tight ends in general is how many plays affected. You know, how many yes. plays does he affect? If he's on the field for average of sixty plays a game, he is positively affecting the game, not just there to run up a, a runoff route to just kind of play hand patty with the corner. He is positively affecting the game for. 45, 50 of those plays that is winning. That's just like an efficiency thing. So it's like, yeah, he's dynamic, explosive, crazy in the pass game, but then he's a plus plus blocker, not just a, a like, oh yeah, he gets by and we can run a little couple things behind him. We don't have to hide him. It's like, no, you run behind him because of how dominant he is. And that that's, that's the thing is if you're playing winning football for 45 snaps a game, that just helps everybody. And so, yeah, I, I love George Kittle. So this, that I, yeah, <laughs> I'm fine no, with this. <laughs> I'm so curious if there's a run on tight ends right now where you're going to go. I mean, I don't know how many more there are. There's probably only a couple. So you're next there's year at 18. There's one Nate's been tweeting about. I know. I, I know. So I'm, I'm surprised he hasn't come off the board quite yet. <laughs> I'm going to wait a little bit. I'm going to wait a All little right, bit. All right, Lindsay, you're at 18 here. You're up. <laughs> okay, well, I'm going to end the uh, the run on tight ends and I'm going to take my expensive wide receiver and I'm going to take my third Green Bay Packer and I'm going to take Devontae Adams. Okay. I can't believe it's still here. Still available. (laughs) So the only reason I think that he's still here, and I have been open about my affection for Devontae Adams, he's 28 already, and he's about to become the highest paid wide receiver in the NFL when he gets paid. So you're paying top of the market, and he's going to be 30 in a couple years. That's the only reason. But as a player, I mean, there aren't any arguments yeah. against Devontae Adams. Right? Did you cons- <laughs> I was going to ask if you were considering any other receivers here, but that would be giving away what your well, long-term strategy might be. I had some younger, cheaper receiving options there, sure. but I just took a 21-year-old tight end, so I'm okay with taking the 28-year-old about to be really expensive, <laughs> uh, potentially best receiver in, in the NFL in Devontae Adams, yeah. and I'll be, I'll be yeah. okay with that. My contract situation is going to balance out just fine, I think. <laughs> I and, like uh, Lindsay's plan of just saying, all right, I'm going to take the best receiver, I'm going to take the best pass-blocking tight end, and then I'm going to take a tight end we've never seen before. It's all <laughs> over the map in a way that I sincerely appreciate. Top of the I market, just guys I like, things we've right? never seen. Yeah, proven exactly. expensive guys and a guy that has never played in the NFL. Look, I drafted but, Trevor Lawrence last time, so I, you know, our, I, in our listen, quarterback draft. So I like the risk taking. You are not afraid, and you cannot be afraid <laughs> in, in with in exercises like this. All right, Nate, nineteen. Who you got? I'm going Quentin Nelson, and I am loving my O line right now. <laughs> and it, the odds one, that I wasn't going to get Quentin Nelson were off the board in Vegas. People just lost a ton of money. <laughs> I am very happy with this. I thought you would take it about two rounds ago, but I, I, I mean, don't really preach it to the choir here about Quentin Nelson, but it's just, I mean, it's a top guard. Uh, I love Zach Martin, but Quentin Nelson is the age he's at. I got two years left on his rookie deal. Just this is this is great. Uh, I, I think he is truly a transcendent talent at that tackle position, or I'm sorry, that guard position. And it's just, yeah, he's a tone setter. And I mean, shoot, if my offensive line is Werfs, Trent Williams, and Quentin Nelson, <laughs> I got plenty of attitude, finesse, strength. I got a little bit of everything right there. So yeah, uh, I mean, dynamic player, a true tone setter for any offensive line, even at the guard position. So the only consideration, the only thing I would say here, the reason I didn't have him go earlier is just because do we think there is a cap on how much a guard can give you, especially a guard who is about to be expensive here very soon? 7.8 this year, 13.8 next year. So even on his fifth year option, he's making top of the market sort of money. So he's not cheap for a guard for very much longer. Where do you sit just the overall value a guard can provide? That is a great point. I, I, 
always is going to be the left tackle. And then, I mean, well, I haven't made the left-hander right. Or a right tackle. Already bad, or a right tackle. Um, and then I do think centers are undervalued in our brains a little bit with the stuff. But I do think with just, not so much first and second down, but third down is where guard value is becoming more and more important. So I, I think we've transitioned away that all these guards are these gap power pulling guys that are big bruisers or the, the Shanahan guys and climbing to the second level and stuff like that. I think why they are the guard position is becoming more valuable in passing situations because defenses have moved guys around. You got more pressures coming. You got more guys moving inside where you get these, they'll just put NASCAR packages out there. How many times have we seen Melvin Ingram blow up some crappy guard that they line up over, you know, that they line them up over. It's because that's where I think a value of having a top, top tier guard like this really matters just because not just his strength and all the stuff he can do in the run game and stuff, but just, he's such an incredible pass protector that, yeah, if you bump in somebody inside and your special little pass protection or pass blitz, he's fine. He can hold up against the top tier pass rushers, no matter who it is. So that's where I think his value is, is because he is just an elite at everything he does and just the mentality he brings. So I know, especially with guard, I get it with the other plays. So yeah, it's not as valuable as tackles. I don't think it's ever going to be, but I do think there is more value to him, not in the sense of the gap scheme power stuff, but more in that pass protection sense. I, I completely understand that. I, I think it's a good argument. I think that would just be the concern that some people had, especially when there are a lot of other high value positions on the board. Mm-hmm. All right. Speaking of offensive linemen, I'm going with Penny Sewell. Ah, Ooh. yeah. I, mm, <laughs> I thought I was going to okay. be cute here. All right. So, so here's why. Okay. I think if you look at the other tackles on the board, there are very few young, affordable tackles that you would want to rely on. There's pretty much no one. I think Makai Becton is probably in the conversation. Oh, but the other one I have. A little bit hurt last year, you know. Obviously, like I think he's going to be really good, but I think Sewell might have more upside than Makai Becton. I think he also might be safer than Makai Becton, even if we've never seen him play. And you get five years of that rookie deal. I mm. mean, if you look at it, I, I have the number. Uh, so I, the numbers aren't out there yet, but it, you're still going to be getting similar to what we have with some of these other guys. I mean, it's like going to be twelve million dollars average over the next five years. Compare that to. Ryan Ramchek, after his extension, is probably going to be about 21. Bakhtiari is at 23. Ronnie Stanley is at 20. So you could be getting a top five potential tackle here for half of what the best tackles in the NFL go for. And I understand that's a risk because we've never seen him play. But the guy's 20 years old. It's a risk I'm willing to take. I just think that the upside is endless with him and the chance to get him on that rookie deal when there are so few young, reliable tackles in the league. I think it works for me. I'm okay with doing it here. Makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah, to me. I think it's. I think it's totally fair. Um, yeah. And now I'm going to go with an expensive guy, um, and just keep drafting the guys that I really like. And I'm taking Chris Jones. Okay. Yeah. I got to build up my gotta. my interior of my defensive line. <laughs> I understand he this. Destroys understand games. Well. He just yes. he just destroys games. And talk about tone setter. Yes, he's going to give you a personal foul a game. And I'm okay with that because he will just wreck shit on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will be really happy to add him to my uh, to my defensive roster. I mean, he's one of the most fun guys to watch. He's so versatile um, inside, outside. He can actually bring that interior pressure that there was. I mean, there's a couple guys left on my list that you can get some good interior pressure. But if I'm not going to be able to get Aaron Donald and he was off the board at one, um, I'm going to be really happy to have Chris Jones. So. I'm taking Chris Jones. I honestly think that if you're looking at 
skill sets and tiers of players and everything else. Him and Aaron, I know Aaron Donald's in his own world, but I think Chris Jones is like in that first tier of interior rushers. And I think that group of guys is really small. And so he had 60 pressures last year, which is 11th in the NFL. That was more than Khalil Mack. It was more than Cam Jordan. It was more than Brian Burns. And if those guys are going to be going in the top five to six of this list, getting Chris Jones here is pretty good value. And you're getting him for a little bit cheaper. He's on that second contract. I mean, you're paying a premium compared to a rookie contract guy, but it's still less than you're paying some of the edge guys. And I think the impact he's going to give you is actually fairly comparable. Nate, do you think that's fair? I do. Uh, and this is another reason why I'm, I'm fine with taking a guard with my last pick is because of guys like Chris Jones. I mean, there's more and more yep. of these, more and more, the pass rushing chops is needed now. It's not like you can just be a run plugger. Like D tackles are going to be all good pass rushers now. And we're going to see more 260, 270 pound guys bumping inside on pass rushing downs. But then we get Chris Jones, guys like Chris Jones, the quickest path to the quarterback is a straight line. And guess where a guy can disrupt the most is from the interior. So if you get a guy that's a bonafide pass rusher, like absolute ace guy that's disruptive. It's, I mean, you got to, you got to take it. I mean, it just like those types of guys are so hard to find. That's why there's so many rare guys that we, the interior guys that we talk about as pass rushers. And that's why Chris Jones is, deserves to get paid. And that's why we praise him like we do right here, because he affects so many plays. I, I mean, those guys are hard to find. <laughs> there's only three of them or four of them in the league. So, I mean, I, I love it. I, I think Chris Jones is just a hell of a player. And like you said, he might get that personal foul, but he'll have about seven other plays. This is another guy that could have been Super Bowl MVP. You know, yes. like this is just another guy in that in that Super Bowl that you know we talk about other things with that that Super Bowl, but it's like this is another guy that literally took over a game from the interior position. Nate, twenty two, you're up, buddy. Oh my god, I am so happy with this. I got Tyreek Hill at pick twenty two, and I am like, uh, I mean, fine, okay, twenty seven years old, two years left on his deal. Okay, we'll renegotiate the other thing after that, but. The thing with Tyreek Hill is he's not just the burner. He is the route runner. He is the hands. He's the body control. He is a true, the gravity of Tyreek Hill is just unlocked so much for other receivers and other receiving options for them. I mean, there's a reason they just run, they spam the same two plays over and over with him running over routes and then him stopping on over routes. And then, and and then Travis Kelsey on the other side, singled up doing his thing. It's just because it's, Every you have to keep eyes on him because the one time you don't, all of a sudden he's running that he's running that over route and then he turns it back to his sail. That's another thing with his speed because he is a good route runner and has that body control. Is that he can sell things for another like two three rotations more than other receivers can. So when he's running like a sail route or, or the wasp route, you know that we're gonna, we are going to talk about for the rest of our lives, is that he can sell it for three more rotations and then just burn it right back and just run it high. And you have to honor it because he's so fast. So just the gravity of Tyreek Hill. I, I mean, yeah, I'm pretty fired up to get him right here. I thought you might go a little earlier <laughs> and actually that contract isn't too bad, you know, especially with, I mean, well, I'll have to pay him after the two years. So never mind. <laughs> I mean, if he gets top of the market money, which that's, was part of my calculation here is that I assume he'll get paid like one of the best receivers in the league, which he's not quite yet. So if he's getting 25 million or so a year, in that DeAndre Hopkins range, that's pretty expensive. He's also at 21 next year. So, I mean, it's a little bit cheaper, but not that much cheaper. And he's also 27. So you're getting him like into his 30s. So those are some of the things that I took into account, but I can I'm getting, absolutely understand. Into his here. 30s, 27, 28, 29. That's three years right there before he's 30. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and but then like, he turns 30. He'll, but he'll be 30 at the end of it is all. Yeah, so he'll be in his yeah, 30s at the end of it. I, I completely know. understand. I completely understand why you'd want him here. I am yeah. going way off the board here 
for reasons, but I also think that it fits with the other uh, building that I've done, and I like the value. I'm going with Elton Jenkins. Okay. Not not a name I was expecting. Let's go. <laughs> do you do you think Wyatt Teller is going to be upset? Like, did you think <laughs> Wyatt Teller is about to get? He's going to be a free agent very soon. I also he was hurt last year, and it's only one year of production. Yep. I think with Jenkins, the positional versatility. Yeah. is so, so important. I think he's one of the best guards in the league already. But the fact that he can play tackle in a pinch, the fact that he can play center in a pinch, and he is dirt cheap. 1.8 this year, 2.1 next year, and then he'll have to get extended. But half of this, he's on a nothing contract. So I think having him and Sewell, because I already have my receivers, I already have Kittle, I already have some pass rushers in a corner, I just think that he is a really, really good value here. I mean, if you look at it over the course of a five-year kind of exercise with this he'd be worth about 10 million dollars a year compare that to one of the top tackles that some of the other guys that we could consider here i mean it's much 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 cheaper so i just thought that he could be a really good value compared to some of the other guys i just think it's good value and i think part of the reason i wanted to put him here is it i wanted to illustrate how few young offensive linemen there are that you'd want to bet on in this exercise there just aren't many of them and he's one of them he's one of the only kind of guard interior prospects that's still on a rookie deal that i would feel comfortable taking here because it's that middle ground right proven enough but still cheap and he Mm -hmm. threads that needle and very few guys that we would consider here actually hit that sweet spot but he does in my opinion I, I know I actually thought I would have some more options to look look at on the, like the like where the Nelson range is as far as like there's two years left on his deal there's one years left on his deal and I completely agree with you I actually was stunned too when I was building this list I'm like he's expensive he's expensive he's gonna be he's about to be expensive in one year like et cetera et cetera like the only other one really because how my coding was the only other one I had in blue that was like a, a cheaper young guy was Becton and that's a guy off of one year and yep got banged up and that's yep. really all i had like i mean you know we were just talking about why i tell her i had the same exact concerns you did so it's like yeah i completely agree with you it's funny it's like it's not a scarce position but it's more like there's a couple of years that seem to be missing some guys that 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 have there's a crop of guys that seem to be missing there so i could consider zach martin at that spot right zach martin's 30 yeah. so you're getting 30. 30 through 35 and he'd be about six million dollars a year more expensive than a guy like Jenkins would be. So now I can have Jenkins and a starting caliber other guard in free agency. I can have Jenkins and Matt Filer for the price that it would take to get Zach Martin, and he's five mm-hmm. years younger. So I just think that value compared to where he is at his peers at the position, that's why I think it's worth it here. All right, Lindsay, 24th pick. You're rounding us out here. Who you got? <sighs> okay, so I've been agonizing. I've been going back and forth here. I also think this has really been a really interesting exercise. And maybe when we're done, we can actually kind of deconstruct how this went down. Yeah. There have not been no running backs, no inside linebackers, no off-ball linebackers, which should not be a surprise to anybody. We also haven't had any safeties. Ah. (laughs) And I think I'm going to take a safety here. And I've been agonizing over which guy I want and which safety I want. Is it another Packer? I'm not going to take a Packer. I can, okay. I, I just have to stop drafting Green Bay Packers. Although this should be a lesson for Aaron Rodgers about how good this freaking roster is because between <laughs> me and Robert, we've basically drafted all of these guys. So come back, come back home, Aaron. Come play with us. Um, I'm going to go 
Minka Fitzpatrick. I love Minka Fitzpatrick, so I... Well, I'm not so, shocked I mean, here. I, there's a lot of safeties that I really like. Um, you know, and I think Jamal Adams is certainly a consideration there. Jamal Adams is obviously about to get paid. Minka Fitzpatrick is going to get paid very soon. Um, what what Fitzpatrick gives you that Jamal Adams doesn't is his coverage. And I think we've seen that yes. Jamal Adams, for as great as he is as a pass rusher and the what he can bring you as a blitzer um, and those sorts of things, he is a liability in pass coverage. And that was the reason that the Jets were willing to let him go in exchange for a couple first round draft picks. Um, Fitzpatrick is so good in coverage and he is, he is going to get you turnovers on a regular basis. So I'm going to bookend my draft with young Pittsburgh Steelers defensive players. Uh, I think there's the others who, what other safeties do you think you would have considered here in this range? I can tell you because I have my list here. Okay. I did too. I have a few different guys that I listed, and I'll tell you why I didn't put them on here. Jesse Bates was on my list, mm-hmm. but he's only uh, one, well. one more cheapy, only one more cheapier. Then he's getting the Justin Simmons contract. So do you get a slight discount? Yes, but not a lot. I had Justin Simmons on here, but again, very expensive. The other guy I had that I probably would have taken very soon, that talking about guys we're forgetting about, is Derwin James. 3.9 this year, uh, 9 million yeah. next year. And... Yeah. I know I know the injuries are a concern. I know they are. But if you look at all of the factors, 25 years old, 3.9 and then 9 million, and then similar to tight ends. Let's say Derwin James got the Justin Simmons contract after playing really well over the next two years. Derwin James isn't just the safety. He could play a slot corner exactly. half the time. He could do so many different things that if he's paid like a safety, you're almost getting a built-in discount because of what it says next to him on the depth chart. So I just think that if he can stay healthy, he could be a huge, huge value here. So I considered him, but those are the only safeties on my list. Nate, would you have anyone else in there? Uh, it was Darnell Savage, uh, the Packer. So I that was that was it. I honestly I I love Simmons, uh, but he was like, no, I'm not going to take him in this exercise. I really actually make a Fitzpatrick was one of like the three names I was really looking at for my last pick that I took Tyreek at. Um, I, oh, I, I make a Fitzpatrick is a hell of a football player uh, just for all the points that Lindsay brought up. Just, I mean, the, it, it, he's fine fitting the run. Like he can do that stuff and blitz and all that. It's just that he is so smart in pass coverage. Like he is, he is a quarterback of that defense from the safety position. I, I mean, all the stuff they do there and they do all the robber stuff. It's great. But um, no, Darnell Savage was the other one. I, 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 I uh, I, I had. I, I think he's a damn good player as well, and that's also he has three years left on his rookie deal. Yada yada yada. So that was the other. That's the only other safety really. Those I didn't even think of Derwin James. So that was a pretty good one. But yeah, Darnell Savage and really Fitzpatrick were the only two quote unquote draftable safeties I had uh, for this list. The other thing is interesting. Is like he's the first Charger who we've mentioned. Obviously, Justin Herbert went pretty early in our um, quarterback draft last week. Um, I still feel good about that, by the way. But I, I, you absolutely I think that's going to look good real good Herbert. by the end you of the year. Him, I think it's going to look real good. But it's curious, like, you know, the, the Packers obviously had a, had a bunch of guys taken here, but there's some really good teams who didn't have a single guy taken or, um, yeah. So it's just kind of interesting, these blind spots and these holes. And it kind of tells you about like the way that maybe these teams are already constructed. We didn't have a single cowboy. Um, we didn't have a single New England Patriot. Uh, we didn't have any Denver Broncos. I don't think there was a single Seattle Seahawk. There were a couple guys on my like just missed the cut list. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if, if maybe we were going to go a couple more rounds. Um, But yeah, I think that, you know, I think it'll be interesting to put together our whole rosters and look at the number of guys from which teams, 
maybe we should actually break it down by how much we're spe- how much we're spending. Um, but it was oh, kind of geez. a fun exercise. So who is who is your first guy out? Like if we were building, like now it was undrafted free agency, and we got to just like make a run at throw some throw some cash at a few other guys. Who are the guys that just missed out that you might want now, Robert? So DK Metcalf was going to be close yep. for me. So that's okay. we're talking about Seahawks. I think that with chargers joey bose is just really expensive and i think (laughs) that's that's a few of these guys i think that's a consideration chris godwin is on this franchise tag and is about to get paid deandre hopkins is really expensive mike evans is really expensive i think a couple of the other guys i would have picked if we were were still doing this calvin ridley would have been close for me because he has two more cheap years and i think he's a really really good player uh daniel hunter would have been yep. somebody else that I think when you look at the contract that's already baked in, he's already, he's been paid. We'll see if he stays on that contract for very much longer. He's on there. A couple other random wild cards that I w- was thinking about. Montez Sweat. Yep. I think Montez, watching Chase Young, I think Montez very Sweat good. is going to be really good. And he's got weird a couple player, more cheap he? years left. Is he a very weird watch? A little, player. Weird watch. Weird watch. He's like, he runs like a deer, though. Oh, my God. Very. <laughs> I mean, his really, really long limbs again, but he yeah. uses that length well. Really good run defender. I think his upside as a pass rusher is still there. I, yep. I In this range, I think maybe worth the swing. Uh, Denzel Ward, possibly, a little bit later here. Still trouble staying healthy. Yeah. But those are the guys, I think, that, uh, you know, yeah. That I was thinking about. Yeah. I, I, well, Makai Beckton, which I already mentioned, but Trey White uh, was another yep. one that Trey White was a name. Uh, if I were going to go, the one only off ball linebacker that made my big board was Fred Warner because he is just so damn good. Holy crap. Fred Warner is a really good football player. But even Calvin with Ritt- him, we talked about this with Fred uh, Warner. He's about to get paid. He has exactly. one more cheap year. One year. So one year. Yep. There's aren't exactly, that no. many guys at that position on rookie deals that you'd oh, want to bet not. on. No, and, and and also just the other guys that are like rookie deals or stud guys, they do have limitations. Like, you know what I mean? Like Fred Warner is like the only true guy that I even want. Um, and the receiver-wise, yeah, Calvin Ridley would, was my top receiver uh, left. I love Calvin's game. Uh, oh, my God. I He's a guy that upon rewatch, when I start breaking down some off, uh, games from last season, it's like, oh, my God, Calvin, like he's ready to ascend to the national spotlight even more than he has for an Alabama guy. Um, C.D. Lamb was another uh, rookie contract guy. You love really C.D. Lamb. Love me some C.D. Oh, yeah. Watch Dak. Doesn't he have such great chemistry? I said this to Kent, Cowboys fan over here, our producer, is he has such great chemistry with Dak already. Because CD, the one thing Kellen Moore was doing very intelligently was moving CD in the number two and number three spots and having all those benders and those and those over routes that CD is so good at. That he, he was in the slot Oklahoma. 75% of the time, I want to say. And that's where, where he lined up. And he's, he's a power slot and he's so good. Oh my God. And, and Dak just trusts him already. So I'm excited to see that in 2021. Um, Lindsay, the only other guy I would say, Travis Kelsey. Lindsay, would you have thought about Travis Kelsey? Uh, yeah. I mean, he's 32. That's the only, I mean, yeah. that's really the yep. only downside on him is that he's 32. Darren Waller. 29 that was was kind so of surprised. Time. I thought Nate might be taking Darren Waller. Why thought did you get it. off of Darren Waller, Nate? Uh, it just didn't make sense for me. Other guys were coming up and I was just like, you know, I was going to take a tight end maybe in this last pick, but I mean, shit, we got Tyreek kill there. So <laughs> I uh, kind of had a kind of had an ad lib right there. Uh, uh, yeah, I actually think the other guy that's going to ascend at the tight end position, the other guy I looked was Noah Fant. I think Noah yeah. Fant's going to have a huge yeah. 2021 season. Can uh, somebody I mean, get him the ball? Can anybody get oh Noah Fant God. the ball? I, I'm going to I'm going to abstain from commenting on that for once in my life. You know, there's another guy is Quinn and Williams. Like, 
Quinnen Williams is really good. I know I'm talking about a number three pick here, but oh my God, that is a guy upon watch. I was like, this is because I was looking at Vita Vea a little bit and I was just like, you know, oh, Vita, Vita Vea was on my list too. Yeah. There's a couple of D tackles. All right. So I looked at Quinnen Williams and I was like, oh man. And Ronnie Stanley was another guy. If I was going to go, you know, maybe pay a little bit of money. That was another guy I was looking at too. Oh, there's so many good players right now. Isn't it fun? Like there's just, there really is. Oh. That's why I got chased off of the tackles though, is they're just expensive. Yep. I mean that it's there's so few guys like I mean you look at my list like Chase Young, AJ Brown. I mean there's just Brian Burns. I went a lot of guys on rookie contracts because I just think that that gap is not that big between them and those guys at the top of the market. And if you can get another starter for that money, that's where my mind was in all of this. And I think the tackles are a perfect example of that. Mm-hmm. Outside of Worfs and maybe Becton and with when I went with Sewell, there just aren't that many of them. Lindsay, what were no. you going to say? I was going to say the other couple guys that I would have, you know, potentially looked at are the next guys, especially when you're talking value. I think the best value wide receiver pick still out there is Terry McLaurin. Yes, he's, he was yeah. on my list mm-hmm. as well. He was there he's too. Under a yep. million dollars for the next couple of years in average yeah. salary. So like he'll Great get call. paid eventually, but like he's a true, he's the number one legit. He's a dude, and he is super, super duper cheap right now. He's only twenty five. Um, Great call. So I had he, I had he, I had him there. Um, and then I had uh, I had Grady Jarrett, who I just love. Mm-hmm. Grady Jarrett, he's expensive. Expensive. Which, That's which is yep. why he wasn't there. Which I was why I didn't actually take him. Uh, Khalil Mack didn't get taken. He's expensive yeah. and old, but he's still really freaking so good. Khalil Mack. So he's in that Joey Bosa conversation. Is <laughs> if like, he didn't have a thirty million dollar cap hit next year, yeah. I'd probably think about it because he's really, really good. But I just think that the way the Bears have done that contract for the purposes of this exercise it's really hard to justify a 30 million dollar player in any position yeah especially and we, guy and in we his still 30s. haven't talked about a single running back no nope. so. and i don't and i don't think we will oh uh, yeah there you I go. don't even sorry, don't even i looked at was nick chubb and i was like no way <laughs> i was like no way one year left no way am i paying a running back? I, I just think that's really hard the other two guys i considered and it's for something we talked about at the beginning of the show the scarcity of how many truly great corners there are Yep. I think if it's for five years, because my understanding of his health situation is that he might be okay for five years, you could get Caleb Farley for an average of $6 million a year in this exercise. That's one quarter of what you'd have to pay Jalen Ramsey. Like that was the only other wild card kind of off the wall thing I was thinking about was maybe him or Sertan because of, because of that. Sertan would have been the one because he's Sertan made my list because I, I think he's going to be a hell of a pro. And that it's such a great point. Scarcity corner and not only scarcity corner, you you get him on a cost control contract. So it's exactly like, that's really, really nice. Yeah. But I, I, I think Sertan's going to be a good pro. So that was the only quarter. Yeah, I think the only rookies I had up were Sewell, Pitts and Sertan. I think about it. Those that's I pretty just, much what my list was. I, I, just I think, think Farley's super, super talented. And if you're worried about his 10 years from now, health bad. considerations, that's fine. But for five years, I know it's a little bit craven and cynical, but for our purposes here, I think it would make sense if you can get him for six million bucks a year. That's yeah. pretty much everyone on my list. The only other guy I don't think we've mentioned at all. Brandon Ayuk. I think Brandon Ayuk is going to oh. be really, really, really good. I just think that his talent goes beyond us being a yak guy, and it's a price tag thing for me. I mean, the fact that you can have somebody like, Lindsay, you had Devontae Adams. If he gets a $25 million a year extension, which you assume he might be, that's $23.5 million a year over the next five years. Ayuk is $10 million. 
It's half. It's less than half. And that's, again, that's where my head was with a lot of this. But, all right. That's all we got. That was extremely fun. Very, very difficult. Very, very hard. I I mean, I just did not think it would be that hard. But, again, uh, stacking the positions against each other are is really, really tough. But I feel good about my team. Lindsay, I did end up just picking players that I liked by the end. The <laughs> fact that I have Stefan Diggs and George Kittle in the middle of this thing shouldn't surprise anyone. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just kind of a fun exercise to go through. Like, who do we really like? Who's going to be really good? Um, we're taking the fantasy elements out of it, which sometimes that gets too, I think it's too much where it's all about like fantasy stats and stuff where it's like, who's going to just destroy games? Who are we going to go and seek out on the all 22? Um, yep. and, and we're going to want to do that for a while. And I, I think that's really fun. Um, we got some it new is. names in there, I think. And um, my puppy, Nelly is my undrafted rookie. She is just making her, <laughs> making her she's appearance. She's killing it. She's crushing it. I think, she, I think she's undrafted. I think she was number one overall pick. <laughs> she, she's cute. That's why, why, why. I know. I, I got Midge meowing at the, 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 the door behind me. So a nice little puppy licking your face is a little different. <laughs> All right. We're going to go play with our, our pets here. Eat some pets. Really appreciate you guys coming and sticking by us. Also, please go check out the quarterback version of this if you have not listened to it already. Also, please go check out the off-season interview series that we've been doing if you have not listened to those yet. We had Brad Holmes on a couple weeks ago, the Lions GM. We had Matt Ryan on this week. So those are conversations that are going to be relevant for a while, so you can take your time with them, but please go check those out. Also, please rate and review the podcast. You guys have been slacking. Go on to Apple, write a review, give us five stars. I know it's the off season, but I need you guys to be vigilant <laughs> about this kind of stuff. Also, please subscribe to The Athletic, theathletic.com slash football show. Just because it's May doesn't mean we don't have a ton of great football stuff coming out on the site. I'll be writing weekly over the course of the off season. I know Lindsay has a lot of good stuff coming out, so please go check that out. We will be back next week. I don't know what we're doing yet. I've got a couple things that I'm kicking around for me and you to do, Nate, but I, I still haven't landed on anything quite yet. Lindsay, I know you'll be joining us plenty over the course of the offseason. This was really fun. Appreciate you guys doing this. Appreciate you guys listening. We'll talk to you later. This was The Athletic Football Show.